right, folks. Welcome back to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm your host, Jason Van Tatenove. As always, what a crazy weekend. It's just insanity is gripping the planet, it seems. This weekend, we woke up to just shocking news. Hamas had launched a um, an all-out an attack on Israel. It included uh, air, attack by sea, um, actually going across the border. Um, and uh, it's being called one of the worst massacres of, of Jewish people since the Holocaust. Um, there have been over 900 killed, over 2,600 wounded just so far. That's like the latest numbers. They're expected to go up wildly. Um, just thousands and thousands of rockets. Now we're having getting reports of um, just heinous, bestial acts of war um, that Hamas is beheading Israel, Israeli soldiers, and we're seeing that across social media. Um, now the reaction is happening what they're calling the siege of Gaza, where food, water, and power have all been cut off as they are going to um, just basically take it over. Netanyahu is vowing to change the Middle East. Um, 300,000 reservists have been mobilized. Uh, Hamas says the attacks were backed by Iran. Iran saying that they uh, they didn't. Um, this guy who has got the um, nom de plume of the guest apparently is the master behind behind it um there's the the scenes that really resonate to me because you know being an american growing up in the 80s and 90s you know you see these these scenes from overseas of of these wars and this this violence and it doesn't really it's sometimes it's hard to connect to it because it doesn't look like the world we live in but there was a desert rave just a couple miles from the border um, that turned into just a hellish nightmare. Um, it was uh, it's just crazy. There were they fe- they found two hundred and sixty bodies at a music festival festival in Israel. Again, it's just a couple. A couple, a uh, couple miles from the border, but you know there was video of like the rave going down, and that's something like we can relate to. Like we, if you grew up in the '90s, you've probably been to a rave, and um, so you know it looked like a, a typical rave out in the the desert, and um, now that just has turned into a literal nightmare. Um, young woman who's really caught the cat the attention of um the uh the world really um shani luke whose body was mutilated and displayed by hamas militants she was seen being taken from the rave you know she's a young tattoo artist another thing i I can relate to that being uh you know having owned a couple tattoo shops myself um and it's just god it's just nightmarish And, and the reaction i'm sure is going to be nightmarish. Um, you know, I got to say, I'm worried that this is going to spread. 
the, the world seems to be so chaotic this at, at this moment in time. You know, we have Russia's war on Ukraine. We have what's happening between Hamas and Israel. And just the, the it's just ghoulish. Um, some of what we're seeing, and there's not. It's not saying that. You know, uh, Palestine, it's an issue we've got to work on. Um, and I don't know what the answers are. Um, but I don't think this massive killings and and the massive retribution is, is the way forward. You know, we've tried that for all of human history. And it it really hasn't worked out all that great in the long run. I think it's time we have to to begin really thinking about how we approach all of it differently. And I don't know what that is, but it's just something that is really, it has occupied the vast majority of my uh, mental processing capability. Um, got some more news. I'm, I'm going to be, um, I went and covered the, the school board candidate forum that was happening at Mother's Cafe here in Estes. We're going to get back to local stuff now. I just felt it was necessary to, to touch on that and just my my heart goes out to those people in Israel and and uh, the you know the innocents that are going to be you know that have nothing to do with either side. They're just trying to live and there there's just going to be so many people caught up in this that you know. Anyway, back to the school board. We're going to be um, so I recorded that forum. There was only two candidates that showed up out of the four candidates that are running. Um, So I've got um, recordings of first off, just the uh, their speeches that they gave short little like five minute speeches, and then kind of going over their platform and their two questions and answers. So I have the audio of that. Then I sat down with, um, with the two candidates uh, together, kind of a round table and just, wanted to get to know them as human beings and, and members of our community. So um, gave them the opportunity to, to talk with uh, my listenership. Um, I also had a chance to talk with uh, the Estes Parks Teachers Union, um, uh, the president and another representative, um, which was a great interview uh, as well. So we're going to be doing listening to that today um, and uh, going over some of the uh, the information that we we learned about these candidates and kind of where the election's going, um, these uh, the, the the League of Women Voters and and the newspaper they've all been doing uh, different forms to try to get to know the candidates, um, and um, these two have been talking with everyone. The other two candidates really haven't been. They've just been going door to door, from what I've been hearing. Um, there will be a forum at Cornerstone Church, which you'll remember was a church that uh, when the uh, last school board election happened and they they fired Sheldon Rosencrantz right away. And they the first thing they did really was to try to push forward this charter school initiative um, that was going to be there at that that Cornerstone Church is, is where they were talking about the location. Um, and... Um, so there will be later this week a um, a forum where all four of the candidates will be speaking. And that seems to be like it might be the only forum where all four candidates will be speaking, possibly the only forum that the 
the two that haven't been talking to anyone, just been going door to door, will be speaking. So I'm going to try to cover that as well, um, just so we have an idea of what the platform is. You know, there's a lot of speculation. I have a lot of questions. I'm sure everyone else does too. Um, so uh, I think it'll be good to hear what they have to say, and you know where where their uh, what their vision is. So we're just gonna it's gonna be a school board candidate episode today. I also just got back from um, uh, a talk that I gave, um, in Santa Fe. Uh, this was with, uh, the, uh, Georgetown laws and super constitutional advocacy and protections, one of their regional convenings. And, um, you know, there was, I, I got to meet some great people, some people that were really are plugged in and involved in our country, including the sheriff of Maricopa County, um, and, and top election officials from all of the right, the kind of Southern Rocky Mountain states, including the state of Colorado. We had some of the top election officials there too um, that were speaking and, and listening. Um, and the only takeaway I really want to get into is that we, it, it just, it's not just me. Um, there are a lot of people out there, people in positions of, you know, within the government, people who are activists, people who are in the know, you know, these are, these are different people in think tanks and just nonprofits activists, just the whole spectrum. We had a guy zoom in from the White House to talk with us. Um, you know, it's just right now we are at such a historic period in the upcoming elections and what's happening in our country, what's happening globally, you know, what's happening with oil prices and inflation it's just such a crazy time right now, and it is just so important to focus on these elections now. I know it's it's hard to to do that, to get distracted with all of the, the doom and craziness that's just permeating every corner of the planet, it seems. And um, it can be hard, but right now, we I, I believe we are in a fight for our very democracy that, that if things don't change direction— um, the momentum doesn't change. We may see the death of our democracy um, as we know it. Um, and, you know, this this podcast is kind of in my the Colorado Switchblade. It's really kind of evolved out into my where I put forth my opinion to the world. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be returning to doing some journalism that'll be, you know, more straight journalism, uh, obviously some op-ed pieces. You know, I very much consider myself when I do journalism work a, a participatory journalist because I think when you tell a story that includes your your own point of view um, it just has more lasting impact but I think I'm going to be doing some just straight journalism where none of that's in there uh, coming up uh, we'll have more on that later but um, for now let's just uh, dig into this uh, school board candidate forum. And uh, that's going to be our most important, you know, election coming up uh, in the near future. And I really believe, and I'm not alone in this belief, that um, the direction of our children's future, much like the direction of our democracy, um, is going to hinge on this election. This may be the most important school board election that we have seen in the history of Estes Park. And I've said that before, and I'll probably continue to say it. Um, so that being said, before before we jump into these interviews, um, I just want to encourage you folks, if you haven't, um, if you 
like the coverage you're getting here, you're not getting elsewhere, um, please help support it. Um, costs less than a coffee you would get at Starbucks for per month. It helps me continue to do this. Um, helps me support my daughters and, uh, you know, just, just survive the world as a writer and an artist. Um, another way you can do that is by, uh, checking out my books and, uh, the easiest way to do that is Amazon or go down to your local bookstore. McDonald's books usually has my books in for those of you that are in the SS Valley. Otherwise just request to purchase one from them, or you can get them from Amazon or walmart.com, wherever, wherever you buy your books, you can generally find one of my titles. Um, so uh, I know right now my Perils of Extremism is uh, is on sale at a, a pretty good price. I don't think it's quite 50% anymore, but um, I think it's at least 30%. Um, but just go to Amazon, check it out, um, and uh, that all helps. It all helps to for me to continue doing the work I'm doing. Um, also getting ready. I'm almost done with uh, my, my final polish on the re-release of my first book, um, Colorado's Chance to Firewalker. It's kind of a supernatural thriller set in Estes Park during the pandemic lockdowns and the um, the wildfires, and uh, also grapples with some of our community social issues, um, kind of more in the background. It, it is more of a supernatural thriller, but you know, if you want to read uh, stories that are based right here in Estes Park, I know that millions of people come out here a year to uh, and and have for their whole lives. So uh, you want to go on a, a cool supernatural adventure, um, pick up Colorado's Chance. It's going to be re-released hopefully before uh, hopefully before Halloween. I don't know, at least before the holidays, definitely. But we're getting really close. I've been working with an actual editor. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, folks, that is uh, that's paying the bills right there. Let's just jump into this uh, candidate forum for the SS Parks School District Board of Education um, and uh, hear what two of the candidates have to say about their platform and their vision and just who they are. My name is Brenda Witt and I've lived in Estes Park for almost 10 years now and I raised my children Mina Honda and Sam Honda uh, here. They went to the public schools from elementary school and they're both off at college now. So that leaves me with some extra energy and some extra time. And I'd really like to give that back to the community by representing all of you on the school board. So uh, I do not have a form any formal training as a teacher. However, I did teach English in Japan for three years. And I have a lot of private tutoring experience as well. Uh, I have a degree in political science and I presently work in local government and I have done so for the last six years. So uh, last year I participated in the, um, the school's strategic plan steering committee and I learned about a lot about what was going on at the schools through that process and I became concerned about the academic achievement of the schools. I know that state testing is not everything but it is definitely a measure and I think we can do better. And I think, um, you know, that the teachers need to be supported and we need to listen to the teachers and hear what they need in order to help them 
help our students become successful. So I do believe that teachers are the professional educators and we need to respect their education and expertise um, and do what we can to help them go right on ahead. Coming through. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I do want to support teachers and listen to them and hear what they need in order to serve our students better. I know the school faces a lot of challenges, but I just think that, um, you know, even if we improve each student by a small percentage, you know, I don't think that all students are A students, but I do think that all students can grow. The other concern that I had was, um, the number of students who are facing uh, mental health issues in our schools. It was frighteningly concerning. So the new strategic plan uh, calls for a focus on wellness, and I definitely want to support that focus, and I think that the best way that we can do that for the students is by providing them with uh, strategies and resources for how to deal with mental health concerns, and also uh, by making sure that our schools are safe and welcoming environments for everyone. So those are my two biggest concerns. Uh, I am happy to say that I was recommended by the Estes Park Teachers Association, or I'm sorry, Estes Park Education Association. And so I hope that all of you will support me as well. So Brad, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Thank you, hi everyone. So uh, Brad Schockel. Uh, I've been in Colorado here for about 12 years and running for school board because I'm a parent of two boys in elementary school, fourth and first grader, and also my wife teaches up at the high school. So our family is very involved in the school and school district. Uh, similar to Brenda, I was also on the five-year steering committee. Uh, we were coming up with our, our three main goals for the next five years and our really direction going forward. Uh, my background is I started off as an electrical engineer undergraduate and then I got my MBA from CSU down the hill and for work I've been uh, I spent several years doing engineering then a decade doing project management and now I lead a global um, team at, at a large corporation and I think that's really the skill that I'm coming I, I am also not a teacher but I have the skills to kind of bring up the best in the people that know the answers that's what I did as a project manager uh, leading teams of engineers getting them working on the right things at the right time. I think in our school district right now, we're spread too thin. We're working on too many things and we're doing them not as great. We need to concentrate on fewer items, get those improvements up and running so we can start seeing the benefits as soon as possible. Uh, especially, that, like you said, our scores are way below completion. Our math scores and our English scores, I think the, the stats are only a third of our students are passing math two-thirds framework. So it's just not acceptable. We have to try new things. Our administration is trying new things, but we also need to make sure that we're listening to our teachers. They're in the front lines. They see it every day. They know what's really going to work. And also, we can get ideas from other districts. Right? Some of these problems have been solved in other places where they are, scores are going up. Let's go talk about that. Let's go find out what's working. Let's include that in our district. Okay. So, Academic achievement is, is one of the things I'm going to work on, and then the other one, based on my background, uh, is, is like the, the finances and the budget. Making sure that we are using our resources the best we can with the funds that we are, we are given in our district. Oh, I was, I was also, uh, yes. the, the, the uh, Education Association also recommended me. <laughs> <laughs> 
questions that we can answer for any of you? Sure. I have a question. Yes. In the paper, the um, I think it was an editorial where they talked about three different issues. Thank you. And one of them was teacher retention, getting the um, great teachers to be here, but then also keeping them. And I'm sure you'll be talking about that with the Trail Gazette next week. Um, and I just wondered, what ideas do you have for any of that? Um, so yes, teacher retention is really uh, a challenge up here, right? Teachers don't have a lot of money. The cost of living is very high. Uh, we have limited capacity even on child care, right? For some of those teachers who are not able to work just because they don't have child care. So those are, those are some of the challenges that we're facing when it comes to teacher retention. Uh, I, I want to concentrate on the variables that we have, the, the capacity to change. Things like workload, the extra things we're asking of teachers, right? One of the ideas that I have, and what I've been seeing is, we're adding, adding, adding. Our scores go down, everyone, ah, add, add, add to teachers, so they don't have enough time to teach well, because they're doing all these other things. We need to scale that back. We need to start trading. If the administration needs something else done by a teacher, what are they gonna take off their plate in trade? There's only so many hours in the day. So that's, that, those are some of the things I'd like to encourage the administration to start. Oh, sorry, can I answer that question first, Christy? So I told you that I work in local government, but I don't think I told you that I am an affordable uh, housing program manager for the city of Boulder. And affordable housing is definitely something that needs to be addressed in this town. I don't think the town is addressing it quickly enough um, to affect our teacher shortage. And I believe that the school needs to address this problem directly if it wants to attract teachers for the short term. So I do hope to aggressively float some ideas on that um, topic. However, you know, I'm only one person and of course there are all sorts of budget concerns so I can't make any promises, but I do definitely want to make sure that that conversation is had within the school board. Yes, Christine. So that was actually a great segue because I was gonna ask about the relationship between the schools and the town and that what you guys both think that that could look like, should look like, and what would you do about it? So I definitely think there could be a lot more collaboration between the town and the schools. <laughs> For sure. Um, we have a wealth of resources in this community uh, through the town, through all of the volunteer organizations and philanthropy organizations, and the school definitely can um, can stand to reach out more to those organizations and let them know what their needs are, because there are so many people in this community who are willing to step up. Uh, I definitely would not be afraid to advocate for affordable housing <clears throat> with the town, you know, on that front and. Uh, giving input on behalf of the schools in shaping the policies. You know, there was that new tax that was recently passed, the lodging tax. So there's going to be an influx of funds that are supposed to go towards affordable housing. And there's a key difference between workforce housing and affordable housing, and we need affordable housing. So um, yeah, I'd be happy to have those conversations with the town and work on that. What do you think about the relationship with the yeah. town? There's, there's a lot of money available, we just have to work with the town, also with other governments like the state and so forth, uh, to, to get those available for us. We've got 
think we went from one preschool class to three very recently because funding grew for that. State, making sure we're taking advantage of all those opportunities. There's other, there's also challenges. Like I've heard one of the real challenges is like janitorial staff, right? The town pays way more than the school does. So it's really hard to keep people at our schools when we don't have the funding to pay them properly. I would like a little clarity on the organization that has endorsed both of you because you both mentioned the Estes Park Education Association, which I know is the teacher union, okay? Um, my understanding was that you were both endorsed by the Estes Park Education Foundation, which is a separate organization. Which one of those organizations has endorsed you? The first one. The, the second one? The teachers union. And in order to earn that, we did, um, they sent us questions, uh, about, you know, 20 questions. It was a quite extensive uh, list of questions. We responded to that in writing, and then they had interviews with us where we fielded more questions from a panel, a representative panel of teachers, and then they decided whether they would recommend us or not. So that was the process that went, that happened there. Yes, Vicki. I didn't really have a question. I talked to you guys so much. <laughs> Tell me what you don't know. I did want to make sure that everybody here knew that you were participating in the League of Women Voters uh, forum on Thursday evening. And even if you can't attend in person, it's supposed to be live streamed on the city channel or the YouTube Yes. Channel. So I think that's a great way to, because you'll be answering questions both from the League but it also from the public. From the community at large, yeah. Yeah, and, and I wanna make I got a little note here on that. So yes, so everyone, exactly like you said, League of Women Voters at Town Hall Thursday from six to eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, we will be there. We're not sure if everyone um, will be there. I'm not um, sure the other two candidates but, will be there at this point, but we don't But know. earlier today we did learn about that there will be another event at Cornerstone Church on Mall Road, which is the location where the charter school was proposed. Um, they are doing the forum also. I do believe that all four candidates will be attending that one. So, uh, it is open to the public. Everyone is encouraged to join. When is that? When is it is on, sorry, it is on Monday the 16th. And it is from 6 to 7.30, but in the notification it says that they are accepting questions from the public as long as they get there by 5.45. So, to anyone who's yes. interested in doing a question yeah. and getting that on into the Please arrive a little bit early at like 535. Uh, so Brad and I have both agreed to participate in this. Um, you know, we want to be completely transparent and we have nothing to hide. Um, they wanted to have another forum. Perhaps they thought we would be scared. I was a little scared, but I'm gonna be brave and go and be myself. <laughs> participating in the student forum that Brad and I will be participating in. No. 
Okay. So the students have invited us to the school. The seniors are going to be having a question forum and asking questions of us, which I think is fantastic. As young citizens, you know, some of them will be able to vote. Some of those kids will be 18, many of them will be 17, and, you know, encouraging the civic participation in our students, I think, is phenomenal. And I'm really excited for that event. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, if I may, from the teacher standpoint, Marcia Weaver, who's running that, says it's somewhat atypical to not have candidates of uh, all colors participate. Yeah. yeah, well, we're not supposed to have colors in this election. It's a nonpartisan election, okay. and um, my color is purple because I want to represent the Bobcats. <laughs> Question for both of you guys, Jason Van Tatum of Colorado Switchblade. Um, what are your thoughts on the last election we, we had come through? Um, immediately there was a push for um, a charter school. I just wanted officially on the record, what are your thoughts on a charter school? Will you be pushing for that again? I will not be pushing for a charter school. I believe in supporting the institutions that we have in place. I want to help make them better and stronger. I don't want to dilute funding to our public schools, so I am opposed to the charter school. Um, yeah, similar here. I'm not, I'm not for a charter school. I think it's completely valid that those parents asked the question. It got reviewed thoroughly, got analyzed last year. Both the, uh, the folks analyzing it I believe that 75, around 75% of the com community comments were against it, and I think only 1% of the businesses signed up for it. So the community as a whole spoke very loudly that we're not interested in a charter school right now. Uh, financially, does not make sense. We have declining enrollment, not growing enrollment. So no, we, we, we're going to be working on improving our schools. Thank you. Now we're going to go ahead and listen in to an interview I did with uh, two of the representatives of the Estes Park Teachers Union, also known as the Estes Park Education Association. I'm Andrew Verdon, high school English teacher here in Estes Park. And you're the president of the teachers union? I am currently the president of the EPEA, Estes Park Education Association. 
And I'm Glenn Case. I'm the uh, secretary and treasurer of the EPA, and I'm also the high school Spanish teacher. All right. So we have what could be the most important school board election in the history of Estes Park. If you kind of look at the players that are happening there and just just what, what's been happening with the last election and some of the moves that have been made, it's very similar to other locations where we've seen certain things happen. Tell me just off the top of your head, you guys are in the trenches every day. You're, you're, you're doing the hard work of teaching our students and you're obviously big stakeholders in this because it's also your careers and your jobs. Just what are your thoughts on this upcoming school board election? Is it important? Why is it important? Let's just start with that. Sure. I look forward to telling you about that. I want to make sure as I go on record that I am divorcing myself from the union uh, and their perspective. So now I am speaking to you as an individual. Okay. Um, I think it's, I think it's crucial. Uh, I think we have this sort of political hedging of school boards right now. And it's really, we're really getting lost and we're getting a lot of people that are funded to come in and are not really getting their, you know, rolling up their sleeves and, and getting their, uh, you know, getting into the, the trenches here. And I'm concerned about how much candidates who are not directly involved with the school, or at least as much as I would like, or who will not meet with students or anything like that are really, you know, going to bring to the table in the school board election. So uh, yeah, as, as you said, I think it's a very important election. And I think Unfortunately, like so many other things, science and everything else, uh, school boards have become overly politicized. Yeah. And as far as like making an impact um, on how our community is gonna continue to grow, um, I believe that the school board is a really, really powerful place for that to happen. Um, school board elections are really the ground floor for a lot of what's gonna happen nationally. And watching what's going on at our, at our local school board is important. Um, as Andrew was saying, my biggest hope here is that we do see a robust electorate turnout. I really would like to see as many people get out and vote as possible. I don't always believe that I'm gonna agree with every election result that comes around, but when people show up and vote, and use their voice, it's one of the most powerful things you can do. And so that's my biggest hope, is that whatever whatever we see, that that shows. And that also, there's a part of me that hopes that the candidates that do engage robustly and engage with the civic process appropriately are the candidates that really go forward. And so that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. What's the feel? What's the temperature with the other teachers? Um, are they paying close attention to this? You know, are they are they worried? Do they you know, what, just in general, kind of a you know, the the teachers are very plugged in, and they are talking about and eventually supporting the candidates they they feel like are pro education and pro teacher. And while I am certain every one of these four candidates believes they're pro education, and I'm not going to go any further than that. Uh, there are a lot of teachers who feel like it's it's somewhat one-sided, sort of split down the middle. And it's it's a challenging year, it's a challenging time in education, American education, uh, post-COVID, and the teachers all feel that they need to know that the school board's got their back. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people have, in the community that I've talked to, 
uh, want to, they, they feel like maybe the teachers have, have felt um, possibly worried to, to stand up and vote or make their voices heard due to retaliation um, from the school board once once things kind of settle. Do you think that's really an issue or do you think it's, do you think there's a lot of voter engagement or do you think that we can, you know, do you think this time will be different? Will there be a more voter engagement when it comes to the, the stakeholders working at the district? I'd like to see more voter engagement. Um, and as far as the positions of the teachers, uh, I do feel like it, I don't believe it's something that comes from our administration. I don't believe it's something that comes from anything within our job position. But one of the things that is built into what we're asked to do is in our classrooms, we're asked to maintain ourselves as being politically, as being as um, not entirely neutral, but allowing both sides of any conversation be present and active and supporting students in developing their voice when it comes to important issues. And so there are instructors who have mechanisms to do that where they do um, raise many sides of political issues and they're willing to have those conversations with students and at that point they're willing to like sometimes let people know. There are other teachers who very much feel like the expectation is that they're entirely a neutral a neutral voice in that classroom space and that they don't ever let any kind of political opinion come through and so the teachers i don't feel are as concerned about retaliation okay. as they're concerned about being perceived as putting a thumb on the scale yeah i'd like to second what glenn says i don't think there's a ton of pressure i know there's no pressure from the administration i will go on record saying that and i don't even feel like there's a lot of pressure to be afraid of what you say from our current school board. I, I feel like the pressure or the concerns or the, not paranoia, but certainly issues come at a larger external rate. Okay. Um, what are the teacher's thoughts on the last initiative that they tried to push through with the charter school? Um, you know, that, that happened pretty rapid fire. We saw the, the firing of Sheldon. Um, and uh, you know the, that attempt, it was, it was unanimously rejected. Um, but is that something that's, that, that uh, teachers are worried about? And what are their thoughts? Well, it's important we go on record saying those are two different things. Uh, the charter school being something that I think a lot of teachers, I haven't talked to any teacher that was for the formation of the charter school. The firing of Sheldon is a different situation, which I won't really get into. Okay. Um, but I have not talked to a teacher yet that was in support of said charter school from our district. Yeah, and also the like, um, um, I, I think that the board really spoke well when they put that together. And well, the I believe that um, the entire administrative team pulled together, looked really closely at what was involved and did a really good job of analyzing what was gonna work for us, how, what the strengths and concerns were. Um, I was uh, on the DAC committee. And so- What does that stand for? The district um, uh, action and accountability committee. Okay. Follow up on that in a, in a little bit here. Once I look at my email, um, it's, um, it's one of the legally required committees, but they brought it, they brought that application to us. We broke it all out. We looked at it, we did, uh, um, strengths and weaknesses analysis of it and we went through and regardless of um, where someone was with that um, at the community level um, 
there were generally, we didn't make any recommendation with that, but I can say that um, even people who I felt were coming in with experience that would lend them to favor the charter school um, looked at the application and they really had trouble with that. So, all right. And so, yeah, so as far as teachers go, no one, but also out in the larger community, I don't feel like the feeling was that it was a well-founded or appropriate choice. All right. Well, that, that's all the questions I have. Is there anything you guys want to add that we haven't touched on? No, I, I encourage everybody to get out and vote. I'm not saying a way to vote, but civic engagement has never been so essential. And I don't want to be, you know, lecturing or anything like that. Everybody knows this, but it is just, as you said in the beginning of your questions to us, it's such a crucial time. So whatever the com you know, community decides, I'll stand by that. Um, but I just really want to see, like I've seen before, the community show up. Very much the same way. Um, when it comes right down to it, we do have a fairly engaged um, civic body in Estes Park. And even with the slightly higher turnouts that we see here compared to other areas, um, I still think that we don't see enough of our citizens who are eligible to vote coming out and doing it. And like I said, um, I don't always agree with the outcomes of every single election that I see come, or come down the pipe, but I do agree with people getting out and voting and using that voice, and I think that that really is going to help build the community we need here. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. Great to hear from the SS Park Teachers Union and their representatives. Um, and then just their voice as teachers here in our community. Um, next, we're going to just jump into uh, an interview with Brenda Wiss and Brad Shockett. They're two of the candidates running for the SS Park um, School District Board of Education. Uh, you heard them earlier, but uh, after the um, forum that was held on uh, this Sunday, the 8th of October, um, we sat down at a table and just had a kind of a casual conversation um, and uh, let's hear what they have to say and why they're running and kind of who they are so we're just going to jump right into that quick warning we uh, the wind had kicked up quite a bit so you're going to hear that a little bit I tried my best to filter it out but it's just not able to get everything so um, anyway here's the interview okay and you guys are both um, candidates for the upcoming school board election, which in my opinion is one of the most important vital elections that we have coming up um, for a number of reasons. But really, I just want to take a moment to, to let my listeners in the community kind of get to know you as human beings and kind of tell us about your background. Tell us like what brought you to Estes Park um, and why you decided to, to step up for this particular election and throw your hat in the ring. So we'll start with you. Okay, so um, I moved to Estes Park about 10 years ago and I was just kind of looking to escape suburbia and provide a different atmosphere for my kids. They were both in elementary school at the time that we moved here. And um, so that's why we came to Estes Park because if we, you know, we moved to Colorado and we weren't just gonna move to another suburban area and um, we had some ties here in Estes Park, so we came to Estes Park, and uh, it's been nothing short of fantastic. We love it here. I love the community here, um, and 
So my background, I have a degree in political science and I studied international relations. Um, I then went to Japan to teach English and I you know, had the benefit of seeing different education systems. Um, I worked in public schools, in middle schools in Japan, and then I did a lot of private tutoring for students from ages five to 75. So working with all sorts of different demographics. I've also tutored students here in um, Esses Park in Japanese. Um, so that's been fun. And uh, what else were we talking about? Our background? Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us why you decided to, to run to step up for, for this particular board. election. Yeah. So I've been asked to run for the school board in the past, but at that time, I just felt that I needed to focus all of my energy on my own children um, and their education. And education has always been something that's really important to me. I'm very passionate about it. You know, I spend a lot of time volunteering in the schools and, you know, for the different clubs and things that my kids were involved in. And um, so I... Now that my kids are both in college, I feel like I have the time, the bandwidth, the energy to focus on this. And I really just want, um, I want to be sure that somebody who has local concerns and local focus, who really just cares about the kids of Estes Park is running. And that's why I stepped up because I think I am that person. Okay. Brad, same thing. Can you tell us a little bit about what brought you to Estes Park um, and, and sure. who you are. Yeah, so been in Estes Park for a couple of years now, been in Colorado for about 12 years total. Um, ended up coming, I grew up in Nevada, uh, but came to Colorado uh, actually to get my master's degree. So I have an undergrad in electrical engineering, and then I got my MBA at CSU, uh, right down the hill. So th that's what brought us to Colorado uh, originally. Uh, my wife was also getting her master's there at the time. Um, and then we, a couple years ago, essentially got tired of the rat race down in the suburbs. <laughs> Wanted to slow it down a little bit, came up to Estes Park and, you know, have loved it ever since. So, um, you know, I've really just been trying to, you know, maximize what I do here. I've got a fourth grader and a first grader in the school. My wife is a teacher at the high school. So the school is really, you know, kind of big in our, in our lives. But ever since we got here, I've been trying to get as involved as I can. Uh, I coached multiple sports. I coached uh, soccer. I coached two different teams of basketball. I coached um, baseball also just in the last year. Uh, I was on the five-year steering committee at the school. Whenever the elementary school where my kids are uh, asked for help, I was there to help. I've been chaperoning the um, you know, field trips for the kids. I just really, whenever they're trying to ask for help, I try to step up. And I see this as kind of the next, the next step in line there. Something a little more formal where I can use my business background as a uh, to help out the district. And tell us a little bit about your business background. What what are you doing for your business? What skill sets and yeah. how are they gonna help? Yeah, sure. So yeah, don't have an education background. Uh, I've worked for a big corporation my whole career. Uh, I started out as an engineer right. uh, using my degree for the first couple of years, then spent about a decade uh, as a project manager overseeing teams of engineers installing uh, control systems on power plants is okay. what we did. Um, and then the last couple of years, I have been a, a manager of a international team uh, for that company, uh, so doing actual people leader activities. So that that's really what I'm. I think I'm going to bring is 
my MBA background, a lot of financials, right? That that's that's the, the numbers and seeing the patterns uh, in that is is one of my specialties. And then also um, with what I've learned being a project manager, getting the most out of those people. You know, I think in our district we have between our administration, our teachers and lessons learned from other districts who solve some of these problems, really getting those answers out in a, in a logical way is really where, where, where we can improve here. We've got the answers, we're just spread a little too thin right now. Now, you, you had mentioned while you were talking uh, some of what you do, and I thought that tied in nicely to, to our community in general because we are in a housing crisis, we are seeing a brain drain from our community from it. Tell us a little bit about the work you're doing and, and how you may be able to, you know, the same sort of question. Sure, so I've been working in local government for six years and uh, about a year ago, I made the move to work for the city of Boulder as an affordable housing, um, affordable home ownership program manager. So I've been working in affordable housing for the last year. It's something that's near and dear to my heart because, you know, I almost had to leave Estes because I couldn't afford housing. Um, until I built a house with Habitat for Humanity. Um, so I'm really happy to be working in a field where I can give back. And also, you know, I have that perspective of what it feels like to not be able to afford to live in this town and, um, you know, to have built a community here and want to live here and want to make this your home. And, you know, now I've been exposed to different strategies of how that can be accomplished. And I would love to see the town implement some of those or you know in the more immediate future see what the school can do for itself to help young teachers be able to live in this town because commuting just isn't sustainable for our teachers all right yeah uh, and, and child care is another thing that's a real challenge in our in our school and you know there's there's certain variables that we don't we can't don't have a lot of uh impact on that we can't change but there are some we can so as an example i know that um, at our elementary school we have greatly increased our capacity when it comes to preschool so you know let's think about let's think outside the box let's think of what we could actually control as an example all employees of the district are guaranteed a spot in the preschool so that they know that there's no uh concern there mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a it's a benefit we have full control over yeah yeah all right, well, um, what else would you like to add that we haven't covered yet? Anything? I, I think on my side, again, I just, I'm an, I'm an involved parent looking to take the next step, help out. Um, I'm bringing kind of a business side um, to the district. I think our teachers are working extremely hard. Their heart is in the right place. We just need to get them all aligned and working on the right things, the things that are gonna have the biggest impact. I think there are some opportunities where we have a really high impact for less uh, with, with, a, with a low effort. We just need to find those ideas. And like I said, I think we could do a little bit better job of listening to our teachers. They're the ones in front of the students every day. They know what's really going to work. And I also think we can look outside of our district, similar districts, where they have solved some of these problems. And we can just take those lessons that they have already solved and implement them here. Yeah, and I just want to say that I really support uh, Ruby Bodie, the current superintendent. She was the principal at the middle school when yep. my daughter was in middle school, and she is a phenomenal uh, education administrator. She's amazing, and she cares about our school. She cares about our kids. So I want to help her, you know, support her in doing her job the best that she can do, and I have no interest in replacing our current superintendent. Um, and I also, you know, I just want to put it out there that 
the reason I want to do this is to give back to our community. I feel like um, this is an amazing community of people who give and give and give, and I want to be a part of that giving. You know, I know I've received a lot from a lot of people in this community, and this is a way in which that I can give back by supporting our students and supporting our teachers with local concerns. All right, last thing. So if people want to know more about you, get more information, you have websites up for the campaign, how would they, if they want to ask you questions, what's the best venue for them to do that? Uh, for me, it is uh, my Facebook site. So facebook.com backslash vote shock it. And again, that's S-H-O-C-H-A-T. And mine is the same. I have a web, uh, Facebook page and it's um, facebook.com slash Brenda for board. Thanks, I think that's everything. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. I'll be back next week. I'm thinking I might have Corey Hutchins on. I'm not sure yet, though. Um, with the uh, Colorado News Behind the News. He's with the Columbia Journalism Review. And, uh, man, he just does a lot of things with uh, media here in Colorado. So, um we're supposed to be having an interview, and I'm going to try to make it a, a two-way thing again, um, like I've had before previously. But I've got so much writing to do. God, I'm so busy right now. And, uh, of course, with the kids getting back from school, I'm just feeling run down because, man, every parent does. When the kids get back to school, everyone starts getting sick. Ugh. All right, that's it for this week. I'm your host, Jason Vantano. You've been listening to Colorado Switchblade. Stay classy, Colorado.